Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Eating for two. You've heard that phrase before for expecting moms. Does eating for three apply if you're expecting twins? I'm Lindsay Senevec, registered dietitian specializing in family nutrition, and I'm here to talk about nutrition for twin pregnancies. This is Twin Talks, episode number 15. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, parenting times two. Welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting a new parent to twins. And I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. And subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android and iTunes Marketplace. So before we get started, we've got a full house here. We're going to start, let's see, with Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle Redden, and I'm 34 years old. I work part-time as a kindergarten teacher, and I'm also the mother of boy-girl twins, Sunny and Matthew, who are 22 months old. I'm Brenda Rule. I'm 49 years old. I work as a corporate accountant full-time, and I have three boys. My oldest, Benjamin, is 13, and my identical twins, Joshua and Jonathan, are 11. And I'm going to turn this over to Shelly, our producer. Hi, Shelly Steely. I'm 30. Um, I'm a high school history teacher and also a mother to identical twin boys, Grayson and Sawyer, who are 19 months old. Um, And I wanted to tell you a little bit about our virtual panelist program. So you can join in our conversation from home by logging into our Facebook page, Twin Talks, or following us on Twitter. You can use the hashtag TwinTalksVP to become part of the conversation live. All right. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So before we start today's show, we're going to look at some multiples news that's been in headlines recently. You may have heard about the woman who found out at 42 years old that she was expecting triplets. Um, The pregnancy was a complete surprise for her, but an even bigger surprise was when she went to deliver at 27 weeks, they found a fourth baby. So (laughs) (laughs) instead of the triplets she was sort of expecting, she ended up with quadruplets, and in a crazy turn of events, they are identical quadruplets. So What are the chances (laughs) of that? They are actually, let me see if I can find that number again. (laughs) The chances of spontaneous quadruplets 
triplets in general are one in 729,000. And because hers are identical, they're even slimmer. So we're looking at like a one in a million chance this woman had. Can you even imagine? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, I have to kind of laugh, too, because I think about with all this technology and, you know, finding the babies. And she wasn't 27 weeks until they found the Uh, delivery. Oh, excuse me. Delivery. delivery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Delivery. Until they found the the, the last baby. So you'd, you'd think that they would have seen something? I mean, something? if they weren't looking for it, you know, why? Must have been hiding back there somewhere. <laughs> well, with the, with the Octomom, they were expecting seven, and she ended up with eight. And I think just, I mean, there's only so much ultrasound can do with that tiny space and all those fetuses in there. Yeah, you'd think you'd be looking at one and think you're looking at the same one, but maybe they were looking at the fourth one. You'd think no, that her doctor apparently difficult. is incredibly embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but identical quadruplets, I mean, can you eat? I mean, with my identical boys, I had enough trouble when we brought them home. I mean, we left their hospital bracelets on, we painted their nails and Oh, that's going to be a nightmare for them. I mean, it's you know, I think about like the family of the the parents are going to have a hard enough time with you know labeling them, and then you think about like the grandparents, like and it's going to be for the rest of their lives. Who are you? The best option. (laughs) (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's topic is nutrition for twin pregnancies, and we're talking with Lindsay Stendevac, who's here to help us understand how to maximize our nutrition for a twin pregnancy. So, hey, thanks for joining us, Lindsay. Twin pregnancies are special and complicated, and, you know, we're, we're automatically put in the high-risk category. What are the main concerns for any pregnancy? Sure. So, the first thing I, I know that you mentioned with twin pregnancy is that it can it can be more complicated and things like that. And I think when we become pregnant, we kind of think that there is something complicated about the nutritional aspect. And there are some things to pay more attention to, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Really taking a step back and thinking about, you know, the variety of, of your intake, the balance in your intake, and really getting in touch with what your body needs and allowing it to give you, you know, the accurate hunger and fullness cues that it can. Um, but in terms of specific nutrients that I always, you know, encourage women to focus on are things like folate which most of us are very familiar with, Um, iron, vitamin C, vitamin D, DHA, which is an omega-3, and also water. Um, So those are some some nutrients that we can talk about a little bit today to focus on. And then, of course, making sure that you're getting overall enough food um, throughout the pregnancy. And carbohydrate, protein, and fat all play very important roles in fetal development. And that's where we get our energy from. Um, so making sure you're getting enough of all of those. Does the balance change? I know we look at some of these you know, general um, recommendations from, let's say, the, the USDA. Does it, does it change at all for... Um, for pregnancy, for pregnant women, or does that composition relatively stay the same? It does change. The composition is relatively the same, but of course, overall intake does need to increase Mm -hmm. um, for any pregnancy. Um, Most women um, with singleton pregnancies are going to be eating, consuming anywhere from 2,600 to 2,900 calories, and that's just a rough estimate um, throughout, you know, 
the later stages of their pregnancy. Um, and with twin pregnancies, that's going to um, increase. And we actually don't have as much research on that topic as you know there probably should be mm-hmm. um but you know upwards of above three thousand calories um and you can actually look at body weight throughout the pregnancy process and multiply that in kilograms by about 40 to 45 calories to give yourself just a ballpark um but again you know sometimes we try to wrap up the nutrition and and the calorie recommendations in this little box with a beautiful bow and say, this is how much you need at this stage. And then you need to add exactly this much at your second trimester and exactly this much at your third. But then, you know, the reality hits with pregnancy. And so every day your appetite's going to be a little bit different. You're going to consume maybe more one day and less another day. And so being open to that with your body and what really matters is overall how you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. I'm going to turn it to our um, panelists here. Um, did you get any sort of, you know, general recommendations, um, you know, when you went to see your, your doctor about, um, you know, your diet and nutrition? Yeah, um, you know, probably as many of us were, I was very, very sick in the first trimester <laughs> and actually lost 10 pounds. So oh. um, my doctor's main concern with me being a very small frame, I'm only 5'1", and the, losing the 10 pounds actually put me in the underweight category. So her main thing was just pack on the pounds. So um, as soon as I started feeling better, which fortunately I did at about the 14-week point, it was just a marathon of trying to get in as many good rich calories as possible. <laughs> I had I was diagnosed with uh, gestational diabetes at 12 weeks. They test much earlier with a twin pregnancy because it manifests so much earlier and I had had it during my singleton pregnancy. So I was immediately put in touch with a nutritionist which I met with for the time that I was still mobile. I went on bed rest a couple of weeks after that. But my nutritional needs ended up very, very different because of the carbohydrate restrictions. And I'm really interested, Lindsay, to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, definitely. And then when we look at twin pregnancies, I mean, is there really any difference aside from caloric intake that we need to consider? Absolutely. Um, You know, with twin pregnancy, the blood volume increase is greater. Um, so with a singleton pregnancy, it's 40 to 50% blood volume increase. And for twins, it's 50 to 60%, which changes the actual composition um, or concentration of nutrients floating throughout your bloodstream. And that's how we get our nutrients, you know, to our own bodies and then eventually into baby's body. Um, so that just, you know, that's going to add an extra challenge. Um, iron is one of those important nutrients that floats, you know, throughout our blood to deliver to all of our, you know, important tissues into the baby. And in twin pregnancies, we actually need about 1.8 times the amount of iron than for a singleton pregnancy. So in a singleton pregnancy, we're striving for about 27 to 30 gram, um, uh, mic- micrograms um, per day. So with iron, that's one of the nutrients that's floating out throughout the bloodstream. And for twins, um, we need 1.8 times the amount of iron than in a singleton pregnancy. So wow. it, it's different than, you know, 27 to 30 milligrams per day. We actually need upwards of about 48 milligrams, which is actually, that's a lot of iron to try and um, get in. It's already hard enough in a singleton pregnancy to consume enough iron, which is why we take a prenatal vitamin that has iron in it. Or we might even take that iron separately just to kind of give us that that added insurance. Um, And so working with your doctor to make sure um, that if you need to take something extra that you are and you're taking it in a way that's maybe not going to, it can create those fun side effects like constipation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, taking it in a way that's not affecting um, 
you as much. Um, and in addition, the higher pregnancy hormones, which changes the way we metabolize glucose, and the placenta is, um, or placentas are heavier and age quicker. And so mm. we need to think about that from a nutritional perspective. Yeah, I remember having my pill finder. I had to buy one of those ones that you think are just for older people because <laughs> um, I'm borderline anemic. I always have been. And so, you know, twin pregnancy just kind of made that worse. Um, and I also I'm sensitive to everything, medicine, vitamins. So I had to take the gummy vitamins because everything else came back up, but they don't have any iron in them. So then I had to take the separate iron. And then to combat the separate iron, I had to take the colase. <laughs> Um, and then I ended up with um, reflux, so it was like the prilosa. It was just like this whole, <laughs> um, I know you think I'm going to get to eat whatever I want because I need to gain this weight, and instead I ate, I think, less during pregnancy than I ever have. Um, so it was just a constant struggle. I didn't gain any weight till about 18 weeks, and then um, I was able to keep food down finally. So, But, yeah, it's really, it's definitely unique. I mean, you think, I'm like, I'm good at eating. I'm Italian. I weigh plenty. <laughs> this should be fine. But, no, it was um, working with my doctor and looking at my blood work to find, like, a good balance to make sure I was getting enough for the boys. I felt like the second trimester was the eating zone. The first, you're so sick. And by the third, like you said, with the reflux, mm -hmm. and you're just so full of two babies, it's hard to get anything in there. So the, the second trimester seemed like the, the best time to try and pack on those pounds. And, you know, as far as you know, the, the weight gain, I think, I mean, in, in any regular pregnancy, I mean, that's really the focus when they start really tracking, you know, the weight gain. And I know that a lot of uh, doctors, you know, do tend to be, sometimes they kind of think they overly focus on it. But um, I think, Lindsay, you'd mentioned earlier about, you know, caloric intake. And, you know, what are some general guidelines um, that twin, you know, expecting moms should, should look at? And, um, you know, are, are there any sort of, uh, you know, road markers in terms of, you know, what what they should um, aim for? In terms of weight gain? In terms of weight gain, sure, yes. Sure, sure. Um, there's lots of different uh, bodies of research in this area. And, you know, sometimes we hear a lot about pre-pregnancy weight and how that may affect um, what your needs are, weight progression um, throughout the pregnancy. But there's actually a lot of research that says, um, we really are focusing on the progression of weight gain during pregnancy. It's maybe not, depending, it depends, of course, but maybe not so much of where the woman's starting to a certain degree, but how it's progressing throughout the pregnancy. Is, and especially with twins, I mean, the whole point of that monitoring is to make sure that it's reflecting um, appropriate growth for the fetus and appropriate accumulation of tissues to provide, you know, everything that needs to be provided for the pregnancy for the woman. Um, so for twins and of course this is just a ballpark you know recommendation but a total weight gain for the entire pregnancy being around 40 to 45 pounds something around there um again that's just a ballpark range and every woman's going to be a little bit different with twin pregnancies we um depending again on how the first trimester goes but we tend to see weight gain um really needing to start earlier than your typical pregnancy. So starting um, in that first trimester, which, you know, as you're sharing that it can be very difficult when you're having morning sickness and low appetite and things like that. And, you know, so do you have any recommendations in terms of, you know, what are what are some good foods to kind of, you know, get those extra calories in a, in a good way? 
Good question. So with the first trimester, and actually I'm not pregnant with twins, but I'm pregnant and I'm about 14 weeks, so I can oh, actually relate on congrats. <laughs> congratulations. I can actually relate on a personal level of what that can really feel like. Um, and I always have said, and now I can really attest to this, is something is always better than nothing. And so yeah, nutrition does matter, um, as, you know, throughout the entire pregnancy, but um, making sure that you're eating consistently throughout the day, choosing foods that maybe are more bland or more sour or sweet, or you know. It kind of depends on what is working for you during that time, but really working to find the flavor profile that feels acceptable for you. And then I'll always say you can kind of step back and think about the foods that are acceptable and make a little list for yourself in each food group. So you think, okay, what fruits am I accepting right now? What vegetables am I accepting right now? What protein sources and so on and so forth. And make sure that you have something in every group. And if you don't, that can be kind of your experiment section of, oh, I'm really not craving protein rich foods right now? Are there any types of protein rich foods that I could um, possibly fit in during this time? And it sounds like then it changes. And I know personally yes. for me, oh gosh, with, with my twin pregnancy, um, I didn't really have any set cravings um, or um, aversions. But I know with my singleton pregnancy, I went through um, a phase where I had aversions. And it, for example, I mean, I normally I love you know, Indian food and curries and spices. And for there was probably a good six week period where I just could not eat anything spicy. It was I, I couldn't eat beef or chicken, <laughs> the really basic stuff. So I'm so it sounds like you're saying that you kind of just take a look at a period by period and say, Oh, here, let's create our little list of things that we know are our go to foods. Right. And there are ways you can kind of sneak in the nutrients, again, that might be in a more acceptable way during that phase. I know that sometimes blending um, veggies into, you know, a fruit smoothie or juicing, that kind of thing could be helpful if that's a flavor profile that is feeling comfortable, you know, at that time, um, or protein shakes or things like that. Really, t- a lot of women tend to gravitate towards foods that are just really easy to digest, the melt-in-your-mouth foods, which are going to be carbohydrate-rich foods. Um, and, the, and the baby really needs carbohydrate um, to thrive. So, you know, that can be helpful for some people. Now, how about here, uh, Michelle, Brenda? I mean, what were some of your, you know, go-to foods? What were your your flavor profiles when you were pregnant? Uh, does top ramen count? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I ate the first trimester. <laughs> well, I didn't have morning sickness, fortunately, but my experience was so different because I was on bed rest, so I was really at the mercy of my support people. And um, during the day, I made sure I had a, uh, a mini pantry and a mini fridge set up in my bedroom because I could make it about three feet away and that was it. And so I kept in there what I could. But again, with the gestational diabetes restrictions, there wasn't all that much I could have in there. Um, mm-hmm. I ate a lot of roasted chicken, um, you know, as much protein as possible, a lot of peanut butter, um, you know, ham, but not too much salt, uh, just whatever I could. But again, keep in mind you are really at the mercy of your support group because and keep them educated on what you can and can't have because I had someone very late in my pregnancy bring me a giant plate of spaghetti up to my room and I thought are you trying to kill me I can't have that at all that's on the list so make sure everyone else knows what you can and can't have too definitely definitely yeah I um had nausea with the boys and aversions in fact my uh, the worst pregnancy aversion I had was coffee it's terrible because I love the smell of coffee everything about it and I could just I couldn't I even look at it or go anywhere near it but um I I'm a kind of a salty crunchy food person and I love spicy foods but the heartburn meant like they're basically most of the things that I would normally turn to were completely off limits so I had to get 
pretty creative. Um, I was lucky that they were my first, so I had a lot of freedom. I could go drive through wherever I wanted and go <laughs> eat wherever I wanted, and I did. But um, with yeah, with the boys, I ate a lot of pho. Um, I think that was like my number one because it had meat the that Vietnamese I could, yeah, the noodles. Vietnamese noodles mm-hmm. and because, you know, it had the salt that I liked, but I wouldn't make it spicy and it had beef in it, you know, and a little bit of noodles and um, good iron. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I think I probably ate that two or three times a week. Um, yeah, but then towards the end, it was eating pretty much anything that would stay, you know, like digest quickly, I guess, is more of the concern. Well, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to look at one possible way to help decrease the chances of a, a premature birth of your twins. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Well, welcome back. Today we're talking about nutrition for twin pregnancies with Lindsay Stenevac. And our discussion continues as we talk about eating something that may help prevent preterm births. Um, so now we've, we've heard there's a correlation between protein intake and the total gestation time. Um, so can, can you, you know, tell us a little bit more about this? Sure. Um, so amino acids, um, which are the little building blocks of proteins, um, their availability is crucial for fetal development, which also relates to overall gestational time. Um, And so it is important to make sure you're getting enough protein in your diet and also getting complete proteins. And women who are um, pregnant with twins need upwards of 70 to 80 grams per day, which is um, considerably higher than your singleton pregnancies and, of course, pre-pregnancy. Most of us consume protein pretty regularly, um, you know, in kind of the average diet. So it might not be as much of a concern for some women as it is for others. Um, But actually, some of the literature really says that it might be less about the consumption of protein, even though that's important, but it could actually be the delivery of the amino acids to the baby that can be kind of altered um, during the twin pregnancy that can make it more difficult. So just making sure you always have those amino acids available. Um, If you're a vegetarian, you can certainly get enough protein in your diet. Just make sure that um, you're not a one or two food protein source vegetarian. Try your best to get a variety of different protein sources so that you're getting all of the essential amino acids that you would need. So what are what are some good examples of I mean both for vegetarian and non-vegetarian um, you know protein? Good question. So of course a lot of us think of meat first um, and then your beans legumes, um, nuts, nut butters, tofu, eggs, dairy products, lots of different foods that would usually find their way into our into our intake rather easily and it could fit into even your early you know weeks as well depending on how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I know for me, I, uh, gosh, you know, I was like, my, my husband was really, um, you know, keeping after we had a little chart, you know, f- to make sure I was getting, you know, the things from the, the different food groups. Um, we, we were following um, what was known as the Brewer's Diet, um, Dr. Brewer. And um, so one of the things we need to check off is the protein. And so my daily go-to thing was do eggs, um, as well as cottage cheese. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So cottage cheese was, you know, a really great thing. And I'd, you know, mix it up with um, like pineapple. So you get that kind of sweet and, you know, creamy taste to it. So yeah, that's a great it. source of protein. 
I think it was harder with the aversions or the things you're, you think you're supposed to avoid, you know, paranoid first-time moms. You know, I, I love steak, but I, I usually only eat it rare, you know, and they, they tell you not to do that. Or I love eggs, but I like them over easy, and that's supposed to be – and so, I, I mean, I kind of struggled to find acceptable, like, methods of getting protein. I think I ate a whole lot of chicken and then, again, like, the beef noodle soup, and that was pretty much <laughs> pretty much it, um, you know, because yeah. even the fishes you have to worry about. I just – I felt like there were so many things I was – stressing about not eating that it made it harder to get what I normally would eat were you able to be more flexible later on in your pregnancy yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really for a lot of women it is a temporary time you know and we have stores in our bodies and we you know we don't want to become overly um, obsessive or worried and add that stress to our lives during that really rather stressful time um, so knowing that doing the best that we can is all that we can do and that hopefully you know that's going to subside and the flexibility that will then come back. Definitely. Now, you're interesting. You, you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, as a, as a vegetarian diet, um, you really do have to make sure you get enough protein from, um, like, the uh, tofu and, um, you know, nuts and, and uh, I think, le- legumes. Mm-hmm. So are there any other concerns within a vegetarian diet that um, you need to make sure you're getting those um, special nutrients? If you're a vegetarian who actually fo- follows more of a vegan um, diet, you want to make sure you're getting enough B12. B12 only comes from animal sources. So if you're a vegetarian that consumes dairy, um, eggs, you're probably okay. But if not, you want to um, take a, a supplement to help help supplement the B12. Oh, that's, that's good to know. And I think that's probably just a discussion that everyone should have with their, their health care provider and just say, you know, this is, this is my lifestyle. And, um, you know, and do you have some suggestions for, you know, helping me? continue in, in the twin pregnancy. Now, um, Shelly had mentioned earlier about, you know, we sometimes we do, we get so obsessed with the, the things we're, we, I mean, we're not supposed to eat. So there's so many do's and don'ts. And can you help us demystify some of these foods that are that are often considered taboo? Um, maybe we start off, I know I've heard um, deli meats. So why shouldn't we have deli meats? So deli meats, um, increase you could contract something called listeria foodborne pathogen um, from deli meats it's actually pretty uh, there's a pretty low incidence of actually this occurring um, but it can be very problematic for the pregnancy and the baby if you were to contract it so the risk there is is great from that perspective um, it is not but it is not greatly common. What I usually recommend for women who really love to have deli meats or love to have deli sandwiches, I love deli sandwiches, is I will just, if I go out to get a deli sandwich, I'll have them heat the meat to steaming. And that should take care of that foodborne pathogen. That should be fine. And you can do that on your own at home. Just make sure you're really cooking it to the point where you feel like all the meat is heated, all of it's steaming. Can you microwave it or just yeah. have to steam? Okay, mm-hmm. microwave it. Okay. Yeah, just to the, where the food is actually steaming. Actually, oh. Yeah, after the microwaver. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. So how about um, in, in kind of the same line of, I think, deli meat, so it goes cheeses. Um, we've heard like blue cheese and other soft cheeses we're not supposed to have. Any type of cheese that's made from raw milk or raw raw dairy in general would you'd want to not you well you'd want to consider not consuming that due to the risk of there being foodborne pathogens with these every woman has to you know work with their doctor and do what's most comfortable for them but turns out actually most of our cheeses are made from pasteurized milk 
Um, so here I was as a you know dietitian telling women, oh yeah, you know, if you're uncomfortable, you know, you may want, want to consider not consuming these types of cheeses. And then when I was pregnant, I'm, I love blue cheese, so I went to <laughs> the store and I'm like, maybe you know, I start lo- actually looking at the ingredients. That's what and I'm like, I found. Oh, all of these yeah. are pasteurized. Like, these I are was fine. reading the labels. I just and everything. I'm like, oh, wait a second. So and you can ask at restaurants too. I would yep. because uh, like cheese was one of the things yep. that I loved and could eat. And so you just you know. It, I saw the salad has blue cheese. Do you know if it's pasteurized? Um, and they'll usually check. Yeah, I mean, they usually yeah, can they've check. Got yeah, the, they it's, usually yeah they're pretty good, especially here in San Diego. I mean, they're really good about food, like pickiness, I guess, or special requests with all the restaurants we have. So ask and then read, I guess, read labels. So if it's pasteurized, A-OK. Awesome. Um, how about how about sushi? I mean, here on the, the West Coast, we, I mean, we're a lot of big sushi fans. So we like raw fish or let's just say undercooked <laughs> fish. How is how is that dangerous for pregnancy? There, all of these are related back to food safety. So there's a parasite that can be found in raw fish that can, you know, you, you don't want to have to be exposed to that during your pregnancy. Um, and it can be dangerous. But talking with your doctor um, about what their recommendations are, and then some of them will say, you know, if you go to a really reputable sushi um, restaurant and you, you know, talk with the, the sushi chef and make sure they're really examining the fish because um, so they can actually see the parasite in the fish, um, then that might be okay. Uh, but again, kind of deciding on what's most comfortable for you. If that's going to really stress you out and you, you know, you have your sushi and then you worry about it for three days and, you know, then maybe it's not worth it. I find that um, to be the number one yeah. thing my friends request after having a baby. <laughs> Would you like me to bring you a meal? Yes, sushi, please. <laughs> yeah. I've been missing out. Yeah, I, I, I know personally, I couldn't resist. I had sushi when I was pregnant and enjoyed it. And I think I, I kind of made the decision that I wasn't going to have any sort of pack, prepackaged sushi, you know, the kind you can get in the, the you know, the, the grocery stores. The big, I wanted to be able to go to a restaurant where I knew it's absolutely fresh and there's someone who's making it just for our table. Absolutely. Always thinking about the most fresh product, going to those counters with salads that have been sitting out or even pre-made sandwiches and things like that you're you're always no matter whether you're pregnant or not taking a little bit of a risk for foodborne illness and i actually got that my second week in pregnancy was oh. the worst experience oh my gosh <laughs> so, <laughs> so everything turned out okay but it was a horrible experience i would never want to risk experiencing that again. oh my definitely <laughs> and now and talking about fish specifically tuna yeah that's they're always um, worried about the mercury content in fish um, and tuna in particular can be uh, contain a higher mercury content but canned light tuna if you're going to have tuna is going to be um, less mercury containing and then other fishes like tilapia cod um, non-atlantic salmon shrimp uh, and even sardines, if you like sardines, oh, yes. can be okay. But we we recommend no more than six to twelve ounces per week from a mercury safety perspective. That ends up being, depending on how much you eat, could be two times, could be three times. So six to ten ounces of that category, tuna or or the other large fish. Yeah, six to twelve ounces. Yeah. On salmon, what is the nutritional difference between the Atlantic versus not Atlantic? I grew up in Seattle, so I'm a huge salmon fan. Good question. Well, that's actually relating more to the mercury content. Um, but with omega threes, you're you know that's one of the main benefits that we always bring up when we talk about salmon, and I believe those should be comparable. We've also heard that um, uh, herbal tea can be not so good for pregnancy, and I, that actually surprised me. I had I'd never yeah, heard me. that before, but. Where you can get information on this is a natural medicines database. You can actually sign up 
um, to, you know, receive their notifications and things like that. Um, and if you look, they've graded certain types of herbal teas because herbal, um, you know, they're natural. And so we always think, oh, automatically safe. But if they have medicinal qualities to them, we want to think about what those medicinal qualities are and whether or not they could affect, you know, the pregnancy. Um, so the ones that they've termed likely safe are red, rads- red raspberry tea leaf, peppermint tea leaf, lemon, um, ginger root is considered possibly safe. It's probably fine. Um, chamomile doesn't have enough information for them to stay either way. Um, but I know that a lot of pregnant women drink chamomile tea. Um, uh, and then some that they feel are possibly unsafe are things like alfalfa, yellow dock, and nettles, which are actually a lot less common. I don't hear of a lot of women, unless you're maybe a tea connoisseur. I don't hear of that um, all that much. Um, now, earlier you had mentioned water intake um, for twin pregnancies uh, and just the, you know, the importance of how our, you know, our blood volume is so much more compared to a, a singleton pregnancy. So are there any recommendations in terms of like how much water we're supposed to you know, take in every day? That's a really good question. Um, you know, there are recommendations out there for fluid intake in general, right? But they're actually not as um, researched as we might think. Um, and every woman is different. So I always say go by what your body needs. Always bring a water bottle with you. Sip throughout the day. Drink water with every meal and snack. Um, to think, okay, I need X amount of glasses because someone said this on a podcast and then it'd be feel, feel like you're waterlogging yourself to get to that point, then, you know, giving, you know, taking that feedback from your body that that's probably too much um, and vice versa. If you're finding yourself thirsty all the time, that's a good clue that you're probably not getting enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so using your body to give you that feedback, I think is the most important my, thing. Uh, my OB actually would monitor, we had to, you know, you pee in the cup every time you go to the doctor that and they too. check, he would monitor fluid intake so they can actually check your hydration um, from your urine output. So, you know, they'll let you know if you're not drinking enough water. Um, he was very not like, like Lindsay is not concerned about specific numbers or specific amounts, but how is your body looking, you know? So I could be drinking twice as much water as Michelle, mm-hmm. but if if like if things aren't looking good for me, then I need to step it up. So it's definitely like a case-by-case basis. And you can actually look at your urine and know if you're dehydrated. If it's always a very dark color, if it looks more like apple juice, you're dehydrated. Um, and if it looks more like lemonade, you're probably doing okay. <laughs> In other words, yes, <laughs> look, look <laughs> before you flush Fun and you know, <laughs> indicator of health. And that's a good, that's a good thing. <laughs> Thanks so much, Lindsay, for joining us today. And for more information about nutrition for twin pregnancies or for more information about any of our experts or panelists, visit the episode page on our website. And this conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after the show, Lindsay will tell us about some great recipes and ideas for postpartum recovery. And for more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, TwinTalks.com. We have a question from one of our listeners. This comes. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
from Rebecca of Rhode Island, and she writes, Our twins are due within the next month. My husband and I have been trying to save money as much as possible to prepare for their arrival, but we're still concerned that we're going to run out of money quickly once they arrive, and we're caring for them on a daily basis. And Rebecca, I know exactly what you're talking about because my husband and I are going through the same thing. Rebecca says, Do you have any tips on saving money with twins, especially within those first couple of years? Well, hey, Rebecca, this is Natalie Diaz with Twiniversity Multiplicity Magazine and the author of What to Do When You're Having To. First of all, a huge congratulations on your upcoming bundles of joy. Yes, you are going to be broke. You are going to be very broke. No, I'm only kidding, but you want some really scary statistics? Do you know that raising twins for the first 18 years is going to cost you a little over $400,000? But the good news is, is we don't have to spend that all at once. And I'm sure that if we start extreme couponing, we could save a few bucks here and there. So some of the big tips that I'm going to give you for saving money is you need to go to the big box stores. So the Sam's Club, the Costco, the BJ's, all of those. And you may want to consider even upgrading to the executive membership. Sometimes there's executive memberships that give you cash back at the end of the year. Definitely do that because you know what? Even if it's only a few dollars to get yourself a manicure or a cup of coffee, it's a few dollars is a few dollars and every penny counts. The next thing that you want to do is you really want to think about how you're spending your money and what you're spending your money on. I think it's a great idea to sit down even before your 20s get here and figure out what a realistic budget's going to be. Are you going to be hiring help? If you're hiring help, how much help do you need? How much do you pay per hour? And instead of just saying, oh my gosh, we need somebody, get them here and you know, get them here fast and we'll pay whatever we have to pay, I want you to really think about how much could we afford? And so little things like that are going to add up really, really fast. And also, you know, it's not a bad idea to start paying cash for things. It's nice to have those miles add up, but if you know that your, month, your weekly budget is in this envelope, you're not going to go over it. So you want to really start paying attention of how you're spending your money and start spending it a little bit more wisely, perhaps. And, you know, skip that quad venti mocha skim no whip. That's my favorite drink, by the way. If, if you wanted to buy me a drink, that's just the one that I'd want, thanks. But uh, you may want to start paying attention to that and start putting some money away and start thinking about saving for those weddings that are coming up in your future. But I really don't think that you're going to go broke. Just be careful, spend your money wisely, and I wish you and your family the very best of luck. So that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Join in on the discussion by posting your comments on the Twin Talks Facebook page or by calling our voicemail at 619-866-4775. And don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies, and Parent Savers, an online support group for new parents. And next week, we're going to be talking about Inside the NICU Time Management. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. 
If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.